Welcome to the Dead Author Society. Frank Herbert, February 11th, 1986. Rest in peace. The God Emperor of Dune. Chapter 6 Respectfully submitted, the Reverend Mothers Siaxa Yitab Mamulid Inekis and Akali. Odd as it may seem, great struggles such as the one you can see emerging from my journals are not always visible to the participants. Much depends on what people dream in the secrecy of their hearts. I've always been as concerned with the shaping of dreams as with the shaping of actions. Between the lines of my journals is the struggle with humankind's view of itself. A sweaty contest on a field where motives from our darkest past can well up out of an unconscious reservoir become events with which we not only must live, but contend. It is the hydra-headed monster which always attacks from your blind side. I pray, therefore, that when you have traversed my portion of the golden path, you no longer will be innocent children dancing to music you cannot hear. The Stolen Journals Mela moved in a steady, plodding pace as she climbed the circular stairs to the God Emperor's audience chamber atop the Citadel South Tower. Each time she traversed the southwest arc of the tower, the narrow slitted windows drew dust-defined golden lines across her path. She knew that the central wall beside her confined a lift of Ixian make large enough to carry her lord's bulk to the upper chamber, certainly large enough to hold her relatively smaller body. But she did not resent the fact that she was required to use the stairs. The breeze through the open slits brought her the burnt flint smell of blown sand. The low-lying sun ignited the light of red mineral flakes in the inner wall, ruby matches glowing there. Now and then, she cast a glance through a slitted window at the dunes. Never once did she pause to admire the things to be seen around her. You have heroic patience, Nayla. The Lord had once told her. Remembrance of those words warmed Nayla now. Within the tower, Leto followed Nayla's progress up to the long circular stairs that spiraled around the Ixian tube. 
Her progress was transmitted to him by an Ixian device, which projected her approaching image quarter-sized onto a region of three-dimensional focus directly in front of his eyes. How precisely she moves, he thought. The precision, he knew, came from a passionate simplicity. She wore her fish speaker blues and a cape robe without the hawk at the breast. Once past the guard station at the foot of the tower, she had thrown back the Cybus mask he required her to wear on these personal visits. Her blocky, muscular body was like that of many others among his guardians, but her face was like no other in all of his memory, almost square, with a mouth so wide it seemed to extend around the cheeks, an illusion caused by deep creases at the corners. Her eyes were pale green, the closely cropped hair like old ivory. Her forehead added to the square effect, almost flat, with pale eyebrows, which often went unnoticed because of the compelling eyes. The nose was a straight, shallow line, which terminated close to the thin-lipped mouth. When Nayla spoke, her great jaws opened and closed like those of some primordial animal. Her strength, known to few outside the core of fish speakers, was legendary there. Leto had seen her lift a 100-kilo man with one hand. Her presence on Arrakis had been arranged originally without Monyo's intervention. Although the Majordomo knew Leto employed his fish speakers as secret agents, Leto turned his head away from the plodding image looked out the wide opening beside him at the desert to the south. The colors of the distant rocks danced in his awareness, brown, gold, a deep amber. There was a line of pink on a faraway cliff, the exact hue of an egret's feathers. Egrets did not exist anymore except in Leto's memory, but he could place that pale pastel ribbon of stone against an inner eye, and it was though the extinct bird flew past him. The climb he knew should be starting to tire even Nayla. She paused at last to rest stopping at a point two steps past the three-quarter mark, precisely the place where she rested every time. It was part of her precision, one of the reasons he had brought her back from the distant garrison on Sepric. A dune hawk floated past the opening beside Leto, only a few wing lengths from the tower wall, its attention was held on the shadows at the base of the citadel. 
Small animals sometimes emerged there, Leto knew. Dimly, on the horizon beyond the hawk's path, he could see a line of clouds. What a strange thing those were to the old Fremen and him. Clouds on Arrakis, and rain, and open water. Leto reminded the inner voices, except for this last desert, my Sarir. The remodeling of Dune into Verdant Arrakis has gone on remorselessly since the first days of my rule. of geography on history went mostly unrecognized. Leto thought humans tended to look more at the influence of history on geography. Who owns this river passage? This verdant valley? This peninsula? This planet? None of us. Nayla was climbing once more, her gaze fixed upward on the stairs she must traverse. Leto's thoughts locked on her. In many ways, she is the most useful assistant I have ever had. I am her god. She worships me quite questioningly. Even when I playfully attack her faith, she takes this merely as testing. She knows herself superior to any test. When he had sent her to the rebellion and had told her to obey Siona in all things, she did not question. When Nayla doubted, even when she framed her doubts in words, her own thoughts were enough to restore faith, or had been enough. Recent messages, however, made it clear that Nayla required the Holy Presence to rebuild her inner strength. Leto recalled the first conversation with Nayla. The woman trembling in her eagerness to please. Even if Siona sends you to kill me, you must obey. She must never learn that you serve me. No one can kill you, Lord. But you must obey Siona. Of course, Lord. That is your command. You must obey her in all things. I will do it, Lord. Another test. Nayla does not question my tests. She treats them as flea bites. Her Lord commands. Nayla obeys. I must not let anything change that relationship. She would have made a superb shout-out in the old days. 
Leto thought. It was one of the reasons he had given Nayla a Chris knife. A real one preserved from siege to burr. It had belonged to one of Stilger's wives. Nayla wore it in a concealed sheath beneath her robes, more a talisman than a weapon. He had given it to her in the original ritual, the ceremony which had surprised him by evoking emotions he had thought forever buried. This is the tooth of Shihalud. He had extended the blade to her on his silvery-skinned hands. Take it. You become part of both past and future. Soil it, and the past will give you no future. Nayla had accepted the blade, then the sheath. Draw the blood of a finger. Leto had commanded. Nayla had obeyed. Sheath the blade. Never remove it without drawing blood. Again, Nayla had obeyed. As Leto watched the three-dimensional image of Nayla's approach, his reflections on that old ceremony were touched by sadness. Unless fixed in the old Fremen way, the blade would grow increasingly brittle and useless. It would keep its crisp knife shape throughout Nayla's life, but little longer. I have thrown away a bit of the past. How sad it was that the shadow of old become today's fish speaker, and a true Chris knife had been used to bind a servant more strongly to her master. He knew that some thought his fish speakers were really priestesses. Leto's answer to the Bene Gesserit Gesserit said. Nonsense. I have not created a religion. I am the religion. Nayla entered the tower sanctuary and stood three paces from Leto's cart. Her gaze lowered in proper subservience. Still in his memories, Leto said, Look at me, woman. She obeyed. I have created a holy obscenity, he said. This religion built around my person disgusts me. Yes, Lord. Nayla's green eyes on the gilded cushions of her checks stared out at him without questioning without comprehension. 
without the need of either response. If I sent her out to collect the stars, she would go. She would attempt it. She thinks I am testing her again. I do believe she could anger me. This damnable religion should end with me. Leto shouted. Why should I want to loose a religion upon my people? Religions wreck from within empires and individuals alike. It's all the same. Yes, Lord. Religions create radicals and fanatics like you. Thank you, Lord. The short-lived pseudo-rage sank back out of sight into the depths of his memories. Nothing dented the hard surface of Nayla's faith. Topri is reported to me through Monio, Leto said. Tell me about this Topri. Topri is a worm. Isn't that what you call me when you're among the rebels? I obey my lord in everything. Touche. Topri is not worth cultivating, then? Leto asked. Siona assessed him correctly. He is clumsy. He says things which others will repeat, thus exposing his hands in the matter. Within seconds after Kovat began to speak, she had confirmation that Topri was a spy. Everyone agrees. Even Manio. Leto thought. Toffrey is not a good spy. The agreement amused Leto. The petty machinations muddied water which remained completely transparent to him. The performers, however, still suited his designs. Siona does not suspect you. Leto asked. I am not clumsy. Do you know why I summoned you? To test my faith. Ah, oh, Nayla. How little you know testing. I want your assessment of Siona. I want to see it on your face and see it in your movements and hear it in your voice. Leto said, Is she ready? The fish speakers need that one, Lord. Why do you risk losing her? Forcing the issue is the surest way of losing what I treasure most in her. Leto said, she must come to me with all of her strengths intact. Nayla lowered her gaze as my lord commands. 
Leto recognized the response. It was Nayla's reaction to whatever she failed to understand. Will she survive the test, Nayla? As my lord describes the test, Nayla lifted her gaze to Leto's face, shrugged. I do not know, lord. Certainly she is strong. She was the only one to survive the wolves, but she is ruled by hate. Quite naturally. Tell me, Nayla, what will she do with the things she stole from me? Did Topri not inform you about the books, which they say contain your sacred words? August 10th, 1935 to April 3rd, 2022. Rest in peace.